Hello, and welcome to the I Am Me Initiative podcast. We're your hosts, Kim and Jackie. We are two holistic healing friends turned business partners. We're driven by the passion to help anyone around us find their purpose and build a life that lights them up. Backed by over 25 years experience in holistic healing, we talk about the real stuff that is holding you back from being the person you are meant to be. We dig deep into intuition, mindset, breaking down old stories to help you find your confidence to live your best life. It is 100% possible for you to transform you and your life, and we are here to help you do just that. Our own healing has brought incredible change to ourselves, our personal lives, and our businesses. We continue to learn, or rather unlearn, how to clear the clutter that is keeping us from being the most incredible and authentic versions of ourselves. We invite you to join us weekly for real conversations and tools to inspire you to grow, to heal, and build a life you are dreaming of. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the I Am Me Initiative podcast. We're your hosts, Kim and Jackie. And today we have a very special interview with two amazing guests, Tori and Melanie Watton. And they are going to talk about how Tori experienced a life-changing in- injury in her grade 12 year and how she navigated that, how she's navigated life since, and how she's actually done such an amazing job of just getting through and keeping on and how she's made success from that. But before we get into this, we're going to talk, uh, have a note from our sponsor, the Lloydminster Pet Bed. The 4-H achievement season is right around the corner, and it's time to start looking for ideas for prizes. Summer and Jaden can help you out with ideas or even put gift baskets together for you. Give us a call at 780-808-6363 or email us at jaden at thepetpad.net to get ahead and start before the 4-H season arrives. Okay, Jackie, let's do our celebrations. All right. celebrating you know what I'm (laughs) celebrating that we had beautiful weather this weekend and we got all our cattle videos all our bull sale videos done this weekend and we had like usually there's stress (laughs) when we're doing this but we had a really fun weekend um got ended up getting a new lens trying a new picture space a new video space and it worked so good And um, it was a really fun weekend working with our family. So I'm celebrating that. Amazing. Yeah. How about you? Who would like to go next? Tori, you have a celebration? I'm sure I can go. Um, I'm celebrating that mom is coming to visit me tomorrow. So I'm very excited to see her um, and spend some time together in person. Um, That sounds fun. Yeah, that's a great celebration. Yeah. Awesome. How about you, Melanie? Yeah, that's totally mine. I should have went first so that um, Tori didn't steal it on me. But yes, I'm excited to come and visit her. So actually, as soon as we're done the podcast recording, I'll probably jump in the truck to head to Winnipeg because I fly out in the morning. So I'm all packed and ready to roll. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. Is there one one special thing that you do together when you're in Ottawa that that you're like oh we got to go do this or it's just to hang we usually do some kind of exploring but this time I have to get my wisdom teeth out so probably just be a lot of hanging out (laughs) lots of Netflix and fantastic 
Yeah. How about you, Kim? What are you celebrating? I am celebrating. You know what? Actually, I'm really gonna celebrate my little man because um, four weeks ago he tried skating, like actually tried skating for the first time, and he cried. He scream cried the entire way through it. Wouldn't even put his feet on the ice, and I was like, I don't know how to get him through this. Like I tried every trick I thought of, including a lot of bribing, and it didn't do anything. <laughs> and uh, anyways, he our his nanny agreed to try taking him, and I think because mom wasn't there, he just did it. And now four weeks in, he is now skating with nothing, like no, no skate guard things on, no pail, no chair. And um, he had a couple of really big falls. And of course I was out there with him because he wanted me to go with him. So I was, I'm shuffling around. I'm holding onto a chair. And, um, and it was like really hard as a parent not to want to grab him every time he slipped or fell. And he fell a couple of times really good. He was really angry about it, but he worked through it. And then he told me to leave him alone because I was distracting him. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just celebrating watching him figure himself out and so there's just kind of a nice segue into today because I'm sure that we'll get into this with Melanie as a mom watching your kids figure things out is not an easy thing and Tori's experience would be very hard to sit and just kind of let her let her figure out what she needed to do so with that Tori can you tell us your story of what happened and kind of how how you viewed it um sure so I um as a downhill ski racer in high school I skied um like both days of the weekend all day for all of high school so like five years um and in January of 2018 I was doing like a regular training day um and I caught an edge and fell um and the fall itself like wasn't even really that bad like I remember falling and just being like wow like that was really dumb like <laughs> like what a silly thing to like just catch your edge and I'm like sliding down the hill because you don't stop right away you still have momentum um and the momentum like carried me to the side of the hill and I smashed into a big block of ice that the groomer had left behind um and the impact was really hard I guess I don't really remember that part very well um but I broke my back in I had five breaks over four vertebrae um it was pretty serious um I had to get like um they put me on a spine board and like in a sleigh to get me off the hill um and the ambulance had to pick me up uh at the ski hill and take me to Russell um and Russell I had x-rays but they only could see one break on the x-ray um but that was enough to um like to be moved to Winnipeg to the health science center and they wanted to move me by helicopter but the helicopter was unavailable which was kind of good and kind of bad because it meant that somebody needed it more than I did but also that I had to drive for four hours um in the ambulance to Winnipeg um and then when we got there I had um some scans done that showed all five breaks um so then because one of the vertebrae had two breaks in it it needed surgery um so I was in the hospital for a few days before I had surgery to put um two eight inch rods to put the vertebrae back together 
and they could have done more titanium to fix the other breaks but because I was really young and they wanted me to be um like mobile and able to do all the things I could do they just put enough titanium to fix the really bad breaks and then I wore a brace that covered like my entire torso all the way around for um three months it was like really big and clunky and white um and I couldn't do anything without it on except for sleep or like be lying horizontal so um I was wearing it pretty much all the time um and then it was about two weeks in the hospital I think and then I got to come home um but I kept wearing the brace for for three months yeah that's what happened <laughs> so do you remember much of your hospital stay um yeah I do I remember most of it um I slept for most of the ambulance ride so that was kind of good um to not remember that and then um the first like three days were I don't know like they're kind of fuzzy for me I don't really know what they're like for mom but because I was just waiting I couldn't like move on my own like people had to come like log roll me to switch positions um and then surgery happened and surgery um is like exactly the way that it looks in the movies you're like in this rolly bed and they roll you down the hallway that looks like every generic hospital hallway you've ever seen in a movie and you get in the room and there's like the giant round lights that also look like every surgery room you've ever seen in the movies um and then a guy says to you like I'm gonna count down from 10 and if you still hear me when I say one like please let me know um and he doesn't get very far and then you're you're like out um and then I like woke up in a different room I didn't know where I was I didn't have my glasses so I couldn't really see um so I remember that being like a little bit alarming because there was nobody right there and I didn't know where I was and I couldn't really see and I was like what what am I supposed to do now um but then um I got moved back to my room and that night was like really good I felt more normal um and then the next day was definitely the worst day um I think like coming out of surgery and getting off of all of the um pretty intense medication that I was on um made me really sick and so it was kind of like I wasn't even really uh there like just kind of like spaced out like seen through things like people would talk to me and I just kind of like I don't know kind of just like went over <laughs> over me I remember like the nurses really wanted me to move around um because now that I had had the surgery I wasn't allowed to sit up still but I could like roll around in bed and like change my position by myself but that made me feel really like uncomfortable and scared because um I just for three days like been not allowed to move at all and it felt not good that now all of a sudden like I could and they wanted me to um and I ended up having a lot of visitors that day which was really um not great because I was not like if they'd have come the night before or the next day um it could have been like a good visit for me and also for them because I was so much better and it could have been reassuring but instead it was probably like a little bit alarming um because I was just really like not with it 
um but I had a friend come and just like sit with me and hold my hand and we like hardly even talked but it was really good support um and then after that I feel like things kind of got better like slowly I started to get more like myself we had to wait quite a bit to get the brace um so that was like kind of delayed the process because I couldn't without the brace get out of bed um and then once I had the brace I would practice like sitting in a chair <laughs> or walking to the end of the hallway um I had to be able to climb some stairs like um it was kind of like physio like tests that I had to pass before I could go home um yeah and then once I could kind of do those things well enough um we got sent home um with the brace for the three months and do you remember like feeling okay, this is happening to me now, what? Like, you, how did that feel for you? Um, I don't know. I think, um, I think that I wasn't maybe as aware of how serious it was. Like, I was like, so I'm in the hospital, but then I'm going to go home and then I'm going to go back to school and, like, I'm not going to be able to skate or ski or do those kinds of things, but, but um, I feel like I was really focusing on what I could do um as much as I could because I feel like thinking about the things that I couldn't do or the hard parts was like too overwhelming right and do you feel like using that helped you like get through the hospital stay get through the first intense part of that healing yeah I think um like, especially in the very first part in the hospital, I don't really think that I was doing a lot of, like, processing or managing, just, like, just getting through. Um, I feel like I slept a lot, um, but we still tried to do good things. Like, I remember mom was, like, I had this book that I had been reading, and so she read it aloud to me when I was awake, and I was going to be in a school play um so we like practice lines while I was in bed um like watched movies so that we were like trying to do the things that I could do to make it um more manageable I feel like throughout the recovery like in the very beginning and also ongoing we did a good job of finding things that I could do and letting me do them so that it didn't feel like I was missing out on as much um which I think really helped hmm. it's very inspiring for you <laughs> to automatically go that way you know because a lot of people have these experiences and that's not how they do it <laughs> you know a lot of people focus on their negatives and like the you know what they've lost not what they can do what they should be doing that would help them yeah yeah we I think um like as a family, we did really well at that. And um, it was helpful to have mom and dad both saying that to me because I don't know if by myself, um, I would have got there as quickly, but like dad, um, shortly after I was home, took me to the rink 
and we like put on my skates he had to like tie them for me like I was a little kid because I couldn't bend over um and he like put me on a chair and pushed me around on the ice so that I could like just like have my feet on the ice and um that felt like really really good <laughs> um, even though it was like obviously nothing compared to the skating that I was doing before um but it felt really normal and I you know like he pushed me around for a bit and then like we stood up and I like held the boards and like got to take a few little steps and um all of those things really helped make it feel um less bad when I could have good things like that amazing So as a mom, Melanie, how, how was your experience of this? Um, well, it was, it was the most challenging thing I've ever had to do for sure. Tori's account of the accident is, is much like I remember it. That worst day that she talked about was by far the worst day in the hospital um, up until that point, she had been on a high dosage of morphine to control the pain. And um, we didn't realize that she would, her body would go into withdrawal from that. Nobody told us, nobody prepared us. Like we had lots of good support in the hospital through the doctors and nurses, but nobody took the time to say like, it might be a rough day because she has to detox. And it was awful. She just looked right through me. It's like a, she wasn't even inside there anymore. That was a really tough day. Um, the story of that she shared about Scott taking her for a ride on the ice was also, that was a good day. So when this occurred and you guys are at the hospital, did you have to make decisions or did they, it was kind of like, it's this or there's no other decision? Like, or were you given the choice to do surgery or not do surgery? No, there was no decision making. It was, this is the process that needs to happen. Um, the doctor was, um, he told me you're, you're so lucky that the, all the people that took care of her before she got here did everything right because it could have been, you know, she could have been in a worse situation. So right from the beginning, her toes were wiggling. And so that was just the best news ever that there were wiggling toes because you know what, what comes to mind when you hear of a broken back, you think, oh my goodness, are they going to be able to walk again? Uh, right from the beginning, she could wiggle her toes and we were I remember even in those first moments and days being thankful for wiggling toes because there was still, you know, you knew things were, were going to work out all right. So yeah, no decisions to make, just that she would need surgery. She would need this brace. Um, one thing that Tori didn't mention was for the brace, like she couldn't get in and out of that brace on her own. <laughs> she felt it was big and bulky, but it it really sat snug to her body and it was like a 
a top layer and a bottom layer that would Velcro up and cinch tight to her body on the sides. So she would have to roll to her side. Scott or I would tuck it under her back. She would lay onto it and then we'd place the top on top of her and then do the sides up with Velcro and like snug it up kind of like, you know, you're tying a skate or something really tight. And once that was on her, then she could get up and move around. So, I mean, obviously it wasn't very comfortable, um, partly because her back was broken and couldn't support her the way it was supposed to. And partly because she just had this contraption on that just didn't feel that great. So for the first little while, she wouldn't be, she would choose to rest, like, cause she was allowed to be without the brace anytime she was laying down and she could be inclined a little bit, like just enough to kind of keep your head up to eat comfortably or watch TV or something like that. But she, she needed us 24 seven, because as soon as she needed to get up to go to the bathroom, for example, she had to have that brace on. She wasn't allowed to get out of bed. So all of a sudden, all of her independence was gone as well, which, um, I mean, it's a pretty big deal not to be able to just get up and go to the bathroom by yourself when you're 17 years old. I mean, at my age that I'm not happy about things like that. So it's, you know, it's a tough thing to deal with emotionally, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have the physical changes that you can, I guess you're not necessarily seeing the actual change, but you're seeing the effects of that with the brace, with the surgery, you know, like with that experience, but then there's the emotional side of things like that you yeah. went from, you know, training for a ski race to spending the next few weeks in a hospital. Yeah. And, and like, how do you feel that felt for you in terms of letting go of that independence and surrendering to that experience? Um, It was really hard, but that was one of the things that really felt like, like I didn't really have a choice. So you have to adapt because of like, everything would have still happened the same if I didn't adapt to it because we couldn't do anything about it. And I think we did a really good job at doing what we could. So um, like we have a pullout bed um, in the living room. So we like would leave that out so that I could be like horizontal and resting but not have to be like in my room by myself. So that was helpful. We had walkie talkies so that I could call whenever I needed someone to come um, put the brace on for me. Um, the skating, like dad taking me skating and also um, driving myself to school. Like for the first little while, dad or mom would always take me. And then after a while, dad was like, like there's really no reason that you couldn't drive yourself. Um, so we like went and practiced together because I felt a little bit um, afraid of that. I think I felt afraid of a lot of things like doing them for the first time again after um, because just because of the way the situation is like you're always being told about the things that you can't do. Like I couldn't skate. I couldn't um, ski. I couldn't like get up by myself. I couldn't whatever. Um, so then to be like, yeah, no, you, you can drive was like kind of scary because you're like, oh, really? Like, are you, are you sure? Um, but then once I felt comfortable again, um, it was nice to have like that one thing that I could do fully for myself because um, there weren't very many things. Um, 
like even like showering like you have to wear the brace to shower and then the brace is wet so I have to like take it off and get in bed and then just like wait for it to dry um and for that time like you're just stuck um so trying to balance out all of those things that are out of our control but kind of sucky with the good things as much as we could incredible like what a way to manage your your mind your mindset you know just to be okay this sucks but it's also okay you know like but did you let yourself have any time to actually feel that like did you give yourself space to be like this really does suck um no I don't think that I did a very good job of that part of it at all I feel like I I was very positive about it um which I think really like served me at the time especially at the beginning um when it was really hard I think that if I would have given myself time then it would have just been like too much like overwhelming but then I do think also that um it's that's an important part of getting better is acknowledging that this all really just sucks um, and I didn't do that for a really long time um, because I I felt like I couldn't and I didn't have the capacity to go there because that just felt so overwhelming and I didn't have um, a lot of tools that I have now for like managing hard things um, that if I would have had then I maybe would have done that part differently. But you were 17. You know, yeah. you yeah. don't have a, any tools. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was, um, yeah, pretty young and not really doing any of that kind of like um, personal growth or self-awareness or any of that kind of work. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> really don't have any of that. I think it's important to note though too so you've gone through this experience you've had this big injury you've gone through the big overwhelming hospital stuff now you're you know you're home you've got your brace you're you're working your way through this but then that's not where it ends you now when does the brace come off so the brace came off about three months after so like april i'm looking at mom she's not yeah, okay um, <laughs> so April so just before my 18th birthday which I remember being really excited to not be wearing it on my birthday and also I received an award that spring for um a skating accomplishment that I'd like I'd actually earned it the year before but um like missed the cutoff for the banquet or whatever and I really wanted to go but I didn't want to go if I had to wear the brace because you get to go like up on the little stage and you're supposed to dress up in a pretty dress and I was like, sure, I can wear my pretty dress, but then if you put this giant, like, white brace over it, it kind of takes away the point. So I got the brace off, like, a week before that happened, and then I got to go, which was, um, like, really, really awesome. Um, and then shortly after that, I graduated high school, which was, like, a pretty exciting day. Um, my, like, dress still fit, which was really exciting because that was... Um, like something that I was worried about, like not being like just living fully on the couch and not being active, like will my size change, will the dress fit, like whatever. Um, and that all worked out 
and I feel like um like it would have it we maybe even did this little too but especially for other people to like look at me then and be like oh yeah like she's better um like the recovery is over now um and that's not really um what it was at all which we I feel like we didn't even really know that at that time but um I like still had pain pretty much every day for like two to three years after and then a couple more years after that of having still more painful days than not painful days that's really only in the last year and a half which it's been six years now um that I feel like I have more good days than bad days um so it's been a really long period of recovery even though like you know the hospital stay was pretty short and really wearing a brace for three months even though it felt really long at the time um is not that long in comparison to the actual amount of time that it took to feel better um when I got the brace taken off they just were like okay like you're good now like just go you can do everything you did before like you're fine <laughs> um we asked about physio and they were like yeah if you want to like up to you um which <laughs> luckily I feel like we had the um the smarts and the experience with other like sports injuries to be like no like we're gonna need to do something about this um so I had regular physio for a while and then I've gone on and off and I'm still getting like regular massage and chiropractic care to help manage um the pain I used to have to go like much more often so now it's more like I'm getting a chiro appointment and a massage appointment each once a month instead of before I was going like weekly um for both so it's um yeah that was pretty interesting to have them just be like yeah you're good and then five years later be like okay like maybe now I'm good <laughs> like um so, yeah, yeah how did you keep your where like you're still going to school <laughs> you're still you know you moved across the country you and you're going through pain every day like how did you mind your mind and your body through all of that because that is incredible yeah thanks um yeah I moved to Ottawa for school um in the fall immediately after um and it was hard like sitting in lecture chairs um like really would get me like sometimes by the end of a class I'd be like well I'm not even really paying attention anymore because all I can think about is like how much it's hurting to sit here and I just need to go home um and I would come home like to my little apartment and just like lie on the bed and be like I'm like I'm done for the day now like that's that was my sitting up capacity um which was really hard I think that I was maybe just like kind of stubborn and I just really wanted to be able to do everything that I was supposed to be getting to do I'd already missed out on a lot of things especially because it was my grade 12 year so I missed like my last ski season and my last skate season and my last season to coach um, at the clubs that I coached at and I then you get into your first year of university which also has a lot of like important milestones and I felt like I don't want to miss anything else um and like deferring it never even really <laughs> occurred to me like that that was an option I just was like 
I had a teacher ask me that like in high school like once I was back to school like oh like are you still going and I was like well like why wouldn't I be um like I'll be fine by 10 like what are you talking about <laughs> um so I think just like really really wanting to be able to do all the things and um that helped make me feel better too like like oh like like it hurts like I'm in pain but I'm still doing what I wanted to do and I think that if I would have not done all of those things I would have still had the pain and that would have made it harder to manage because at least now I was having pain from like going to a class I wanted to be at or like skating on a synchro team which I wanted to be doing um whereas if I had just like stayed home and put it off a year I feel like that might have been harder in a way even though it might have been physically easier What about you, Melanie? Sorry, Kim. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how was that for you as the mom to be like, okay, off off you go. go. (laughs) Spread your wings and I'm not going to worry. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, Tori's my oldest. So I was already feeling uh, sad about letting her go. I mean, of course you're excited and you know that that's time that's what kids do when they're 18 and they graduate but I was definitely feeling like I was going to miss her she was going far away um you know like I couldn't just run to Brandon and take her care package I had now had to drive three hours fly three hours and you know I couldn't bring muffins or meat or a casserole in my suitcase and like you know the things that I want to do because I'm her mom so I was already feeling sad about that and then she had to go when she wasn't hundred percent. So yeah, it was, it was really hard. I actually got sick for a while after she left. I think that once she left, my body was like, holy shit, yeah. you've been through a lot. And um, <laughs> how are you going to manage? Like, maybe now, maybe now my body was like, okay, like you can relax now. Let's process this for you because I thought that I had the flu or a virus or something. I did a lot of doctoring for the next, like probably six to eight months. And there was nothing the matter with me that the doctors could find. But I, I mean, I was, there's no doubt I was physically sick. So something was going on. So yeah, it was, it was definitely hard to let her go. And but also very proud of her for how she still wanted to go and was able to go. And even though she'd call home some days, maybe in tears, maybe just really sad that her back was so sore, she still did everything that she intended to do. And you know, like, you just want to, you just want to help, like, but there's, it's really out of your hands. There's nothing you can control. You can't do anything for her. Even if you were right there, the best you could do is massage her back. And because you're a phone call away, now you can just talk and console. And it doesn't feel like enough sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, like your story is really intense and really inspiring, but also like really emotional because it's, you know, you you pushed yourself to to just do the things you wanted to do even though you're managing this big injury and then as a mom Melanie you're like I gotta let my child grow like that's 
I I just had a hard time letting my child skate beside me never mind go off into life not at 100% like I just can't even imagine how that felt yeah it was really emotional like I really couldn't talk about it at all Mm. for a long time like with anyone other than mom and dad and even like that was hard sometimes like I'd just be like call them and be like like I'm sad and my back hurts and but like that's as far (laughs) as I could go because I'm like that's like all the capacity really um and then it's like slowly gotten better um over time were you scared if you really got into how you were feeling that you would get stuck there is that um like maybe that I couldn't handle it um like I was already I feel like I was already at my absolute maximum capacity by scratching the surface of how I felt and managing the pain and if I'd have also tried to like think about how I was feeling below the surface level and um how I was managing that I just um don't think that I had the capacity for that at the time and then slowly I like added capacity as the other parts got better or I got better at managing it um yeah so like really focusing on okay physical right now I can control I can work my way through this. I can get help. I can, you know, that's something I really want to focus my energy on. And then I'll distract my mind by learning and evolving and growing in that way. Um, so that was like your coping mechanism for moving through, especially that first year. Yeah, I think so. Especially the first year, like a full university course load keeps your mind pretty busy, um, <laughs> like normally. Yeah. So, um when you added in the like physical stuff that I was dealing with that was that was keeping me occupied and then I was also skating so those three things I think um yeah and I put a lot of energy into getting physically better like I was getting a lot of care like massage and chiropractor and also um like spending time in the gym um just trying to like get my muscles back because when you wear a brace for three months like like basically they were all gone (laughs) like um so um trying to get stronger so that I could sit through a lecture without being in big amounts of discomfort and um so I could skate and not feel like exhausted at the end of like a run through were you scared to put your skates on for the first time like were you Um, have you ever been scared to re-injure your back or has that or are you just like no Like, I just need to get strong and I'm ready to go again. I think it doesn't apply to skating because I'd done that, like, my whole life. And so I was really, really comfortable doing that. And also maybe because we went skating while I was, like, right after, like, I was still in the brace and I went skating a couple of times. Um, But for other things, um, definitely. And for not even afraid necessarily of re-injuring it, but afraid that, like, could I actually handle this thing? Like, if I'm going, like, I, I took up hiking um, after, um, like, quite a bit after during the pandemic. Um, but I remember, like, going on hikes, like, carrying a backpack was is hard or used to be hard for extended periods of time because it's all the weight is on your back. Um, so, like, like, picking out the hikes that I want to go do and being like, okay, like, 
can we actually make it this far? And like, what's the plan if we can't? Um, and even like after doing that for a, like a while and knowing that I can, um, like that still comes up or like mid hike, like, I don't know, there's like a really steep hill that you're going down and it's kind of rocky. And I'm like, hmm, like, can we make it down the hill? Um, and like the answer is yes, I'm strong now and I can do those things, but um, it comes back up in that way. And then specific things like that I was, I was kind of always a nervous person. So like jumping um, made me nervous even before the accident. And because I skate synchro and we don't have to jump very much, I don't jump regularly. So then when we do, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that doesn't feel very safe. Um, so yeah, I would say not necessarily as afraid of re-injuring, but more about like, what can my body handle? And am I going to be able to do this thing that I want to do? I feel really inspired by you. <laughs> it's like you're 17 when this starts and and you just carried on and used what I would consider really great management of your mind, your pain, your experience to work through it. Um, can you speak to the concept of pain and how, when you were feeling that, like, did you have a way of managing, not letting it get too far? And I'm not talking necessarily like in terms of pain meds, but more of like methods of calming yourself down and, and does that make sense to you yeah sure I was really anti-pain meds like I didn't really take yeah. anything at all I feel like after that really terrible day in the hospital where I had to get off the really strong pain meds I was like let's like I don't want to do that again they sent us home with some like I don't know exactly what it was but a more potent painkiller and I took one of them to get me through the like ride from the hospital to home um because four hours in a car when you've only been sitting for like five to ten minutes at a time is a lot <laughs> yeah um, but then I never took them after that um so in terms of managing I well massage I think was helpful for that um I did lots of stretching I'd always done lots of stretching because I had physio for um a previous injury before um so specifically stretches for my back um I would do work from my bed like um doing my readings laying down instead of sitting at my desk but I think that I probably um would be more likely to push it than not so like going to the three-hour lecture and just being like we're gonna stay and like whatever like we'll deal with the repercussions after when the pain is really bad I feel like it can feel kind of panicky um and so getting better at like taking deep breaths and being like like telling myself that I was okay which I I would say that that is a skill that came later um not in like the first wave but um more once I was like better at like acknowledging what was happening and I had some evidence that was like okay like like you did this already so like you're gonna be okay doing this and like trying to say it out loud to myself um when I was in the hospital um 
mom would say to me all the time, like, it's okay, Tori, like, you're strong, you're safe, and you're brave. Um, and so I would, like, repeat those things to myself um, to be like, it's okay, like, you're strong, you're safe, and you're brave, like, it's all going to be okay, <laughs> um, even if it didn't really necessarily feel like that at the time. Amazing. I need my Kleenex. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. And now, Tori, like six years later, you're finally feeling confident and brave and safe to tell your story. And you will change somebody's life because of that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, if you'd have asked me to do this, um, like even a year ago I'd have been like no yeah. um so definitely come a long way so how do you see yourself now um I think that I see myself as strong um and that's something that I wouldn't have um said before I don't think um like physically strong and also mentally strong like I can um, like I can show up to Synchro and do my job and contribute to the team and be like a top end skater instead of, um, you know, like closer to the bottom or the middle and I can go to the gym and do hard things. Um, and then also emotionally when things come up, it, it's like, like it can't really be worse then. So if you can get through that, you can get through this. Um, so strong and like I could really do um whatever I decide I want to do so having shared your story now publicly um can you see where there was times through this process that you were judging how you were doing and if you were doing good enough or if you weren't like can you see that and do, how does that feel to you now um I think I definitely did that especially because I was really focused on not wanting to miss any more things than I had to so um you know like in school like oh like I needed a break or I um didn't finish this thing as early as I wanted to because I had to have a break and other people don't have to take break to manage their pain and um or like at skating um when I I so I joined a synchro team for the very first time ever um when I moved for school so just a few months after and I I really felt like I pulling my weight and um you know all of these skaters are doing better than me um so that definitely happened and now uh, I just feel like I was really doing the best that I could do and that that was actually pretty good <laughs> um and I'm proud of all of the things that I did you seriously are incredible Tori and like sometimes I feel mad at myself that I can't get 10,000 steps in a day <laughs> it's like are you freaking kidding me <laughs> and I think about Tori and I'm like get moving your ass <laughs> yeah you're an inspiration well 
Thank you. Thank you. So Melanie, can you recognize in that same concept in yourself, like judgment of, am I doing the right things? Am I not doing the right things as a parent? And then how that feels now? Well, I think in the moment you, you don't know really what to do. You're just doing the best you can. It's trauma, right? Which at the time I didn't realize what a big trauma it was. We were just doing the best we could to get through day by day. And we had a couple of things that we did that maybe might be useful for someone else to hear. One of the things was Tori's aunt gave her these worry dolls. <laughs> and every night before we went to bed, we would say, Tori would say the worries to the dolls um, and put them to bed each night in an effort to, you know, get some of those emotional things out. Um, in hindsight, I should have done the worry dolls too, because I had worries that I could have put to bed every night. Um, but that was her, that was the thing we did together each night that we felt helped with some of the emotional things. Although, like Tori said, she didn't really want to talk about it much. So she didn't have a whole lot to say about it, but we tried. And then another thing was that at our house, we just, like, you just don't end on a fall. So like when you're water skiing and if you fall, you're that you're not done. You're, you're going again. There's no question. If it's almost dark and you fall, like you got to go again. Cause <laughs> like, you just don't end on a fall. That's how it is. And like, for example, I was in an accident with my car years ago. It was all fine, but my car wasn't fine. And I was, it was scary. And Scott got me out the very next day. He made me drive around the, you know, the farm block because like, you're not just not driving. You have to, you have to do it again. So it was never a question for Tori if she would ski again. It was when will she ski again? So we knew from going through the accident that she might not love to ski again, that she might not ski race anymore. She might not choose it, but she was going to ski at least one more time so that she knew she could do it. And then she could choose if she wanted to continue with it as an activity she liked or not. That's great advice. <laughs> yeah. Like, so you're not going to let your mind take over of like, I can't, I can't, I can't. You're going to. Right. You have to. You have to choose whether you're going to do it or not do it. And it sounds like such a simple thing when I say it out loud, like for water skiing, but it real, when I was thinking about the, the process of it, it really is such a bigger life picture that, you know, you have the power to choose. So don't let anything decide for you. You get mm -hmm. to choose. Yeah. You're neutralizing the doubt. Yeah. You do it again. Yeah. And I think we did that all the way through, like, even before I went skiing again, because like physically right away, I couldn't, but, um, like we went skating right away. And then once I got the brace off, we went skating right away for the first time without the brace so that you don't get afraid of how that's going to feel. And I drove again right away. So you don't get afraid of how that's going to feel. So you can use it, even if you can't go back to doing thing that caused the injury right away you can like use it on smaller things to get you ready. Cause I obviously like, I couldn't ski immediately after, like it just wasn't physically possible. So what is your biggest takeaway? Like to the, as of today? Um, mine? 
Um, I think that um, that I can do hard things and that just because it's hard doesn't mean that you can't find um, good things while it's happening and that you should be looking for those good things because um, they help make the hard things easier. <laughs> You're just incredible, Tori. Um, yeah, you found your little celebrations every day. Yeah. And that changes yeah. the energy around what you're dealing with. So, yeah, I think so many people can learn something from you today from sharing your story. And, you know, even the people that have gone through a big injury, but just normal everyday people trying to get through everyday normal things. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and inspiring yeah. us. <laughs> I think that you're pretty darn lucky that you have such a strong mom and dad that helped you get through this stuff. And um, Melanie, I think you should celebrate the shit out of you for, <laughs> you know, just being like, you go girl, because you were the best cheerleader. Yeah, I couldn't have done it without them. Um, lots of really good support. Yeah, amazing. Thanks. <laughs> Well, that was a powerful hour. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for being here and sharing this. And um, we know that this will influence other people that are experiencing hard things that are going through life-changing experiences. And um, yeah, your stories are both very powerful and we're grateful for you and proud of you, Tori, for being here and being ready to do this and for being part of our group. We just appreciate your energy and who you are. So thank you guys. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Magic. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Well, we're going to sign off now because I feel like if we don't, I'm going to start bawling like a baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll say bye for everyone now. We'll see everyone next week. And thank bye you everyone. for being here. <laughs>